This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It is always game day in Cleveland. It is the post-game edition. Here we go as the uh, Browns fall uh, to the Seattle Seahawks in another, uh, just a heartbreaker. But when you look back at all the last couple games, they've all kind of come down to this. 24-20 is the final. Daryl is still in Seattle as we do this post-game podcast. So, uh, Daryl, just give me your initial reaction right away on this. Yeah, you know, it's hard not to feel, Andy, like this was a missed opportunity for the Browns. It was right there for the taking. They had a third and three situation. If they pick up the first down, they're probably able to just, you know, salt the game away, bleed the clock off. Uh, and they're, you know, they're, they're flying home 20 to 17 uh, winners and uh, five and two. Uh, but unfortunately, um, an unlucky bounce. They've had a couple of lucky breaks go their way. The, la- the previous uh, couple of weeks, of course, San Francisco, the field goal is blown wide right in Indianapolis. They get a couple of late penalties that put them in position. Uh, to go ahead and win that football game in the closing seconds. But unfortunately, out here in Seattle, Andy, um, the the slow start killed them. Turnovers killed them. And it, it just, you know, um, it, it's hard not to feel like this was a gigantic missed opportunity for this football team. And we want to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's heating and cooling experts. Daryl, what was the mood in the locker room? Because And then we'll get into what the storylines will be for the next week. But uh, the mood in the locker room after losing this game, Jackson Smith and Jigba scores the game-winning touchdown. The guy had 1,700 yards receiving at Ohio State. And uh, for all the games that he played for the Buckeyes, all those fans in Ohio that rooted for him today, it was just a punch in the gut. Yeah, obviously it was a tough locker room. Um, You know, the disappointment, obviously palpable. Look, you know, I I think that we have to give some credit where it's due in the sense of, you know, P.J. Walker, I I think, played as well as you could expect him to play in the situation that he was in. And and I, I realize I say that knowing that he committed three turnovers, but he did play well enough to win the game. 
Um, again, you, you just don't see a football bouncing off a guy's helmet, flying 20 yards in the air, just like hanging up there for what felt like uh, an eternity. Uh, the defense, uh, the move from the defensive side of the football, uh, talking to guys over there, you know, Miles Garrett stressed, hey, yeah, because I asked him, and he said, yeah, this is a missed opportunity. We had a chance regardless of what happened offensively, Andy, we had a chance to get off the field and we weren't able to do that uh, at the end of the game. You know, uh, a couple other players to talk to, uh, you know, th those are situations that they live for game in their hands. And just right away, Seattle socked them with a big play to get themselves into field goal range. And then the only question was, okay, are we going to overtime, uh, it, you know, and playing 10 more minutes or so here, or, uh, you know, are, are we going to get this thing decided and the Browns are going to go home a very unhappy football team? And unfortunately, the latter happened. They go home uh, an unhappy football team. But, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's a tough locker room to, uh, to be in after a loss like that. But there are some, some things that you can kind of really feel good about. Obviously, a tremendous amount of questions surrounding that third and three play call from Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, I think that's – I mean, clearly that's the big talk on post-game radio right now as I was just kind of listening before I sat down and turned my computer on that, I mean, everyone is on him for the third and three, and why would you pass in that situation? And it was interesting to hear it. Like, I even heard one fan kind of come back and go, you know, if they hit the slant, game's over, you win the game. So, um, I – why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's hard because I thought Kevin called a decent game, especially with all the screen passes. And right. I thought he got the he got the workhorse out of the running game that I think he needed to. You know, they gave them the yards that they needed to. But I, again, you're talking about and I and I know that everyone feels bad. Uh, you might feel bad at least uh, for PJ uh, Walker, but he's a guy that came off the practice squad to be your starting quarterback. Right. And you know, you were just a, you're less than two minutes away from pulling off a third straight, like late game victory. Um, and so I think there's a lot of, excuse me, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of feeling going into this thing. And I, I know the fans are going after Kevin on this one. I can just, I mean, you know it as well as I know it. Well, look, I think Kevin called a great game and I thought his game plan was stellar. Um, they, um, they really worked hard this week on their screen game and they used the screen game tremendously. Um, I really enjoyed the creativity in the play call. I understand the criticism about, okay, why on earth would you throw the football in that situation? The running backs seem to, you know, to be doing a, a pretty decent job. They're, they're having a, a decent day uh, at the office. You know, Kareem Hunt's averaging around four yards to carry. Pierre Strong averaging around four yards to carry. Why not turn and give the ball to them? I spoke to both Kareem Hunt and uh, Pierre Strong uh, in the locker room. Both were, you know, chose their words carefully, um, you know, not second guessing the coach. A, lot, a couple offensive players also, hey, you know, it's our job to execute what's called. And 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 to your point, if they hit the slant, they run, they run it to, they run the game out, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But you know, the there they took that timeout with two o four on the clock, so the clock was stopping no matter what at the end of that play. Okay. Right. Um, the shame of it is that 
unfortunately, they weren't able to maintain possession uh, and just punt the football and put it in the hands of the defense deeper down the field as opposed to where Seattle was able to take that drive over. And that, I think, is the tough pill to swallow after this game. That And, and Stefanski admitted, hey, thought about all scenarios, but really felt that he had the right play dialed up. And again, to your point, if they hit that slant, nobody's bitching and moaning about the outcome in this game, right? Um, right. But I do think – I think Kevin Stefanski called a really good football game, but that third and three – with 204 on the clock coming out of the timeout, that is a second guesser's paradise right now. Yeah, it's true. I thought it was also interesting. Um, you know, Miles Garrett after the game was asked, Hey, do you wish you could get that play back? He goes, Well, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Coach, we trust the coach, and the coach is going to call what he needs to call. And, you know, it's just, it is what it is. You can't, yeah, I thought it was really interesting that Miles completely had Kevin's back in that post-game press conference. I mean, you were standing there. You tell me. No, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I'm not surprised by that. Um, and look, there's an opportunity for the defense to get a stop. They didn't get the stop. Like, you know, that, that's, that's what it comes down to early in the game, right? Opportunities to get a couple of stops. They don't. They don't. Um, and that was kind of the easy to say after, okay, it was, you know, uh, they get the 17 points on the board. And 17-7 there, and then what? What did the Browns do? I think it was like the the next seven possessions or whatever were like three and outs or turnovers uh, f- uh, for uh, the Seattle Seahawks or punts, I should say, uh, and turnovers. I, I mean, the Browns really took control of the meat of that game. They dominated, and you know, yardage, first downs, time of possession was a landslide was unbelievable. in yeah, the Browns' I mean, favor for for most of the game. And and it's again, it's just unfortunate that. In the final two minutes, the defense, it was it the greatest situation they were putting in? No, but there was oppor- there was an opportunity to shut the Seahawks down in the same manner they shut them down for you know the previous two and a half quarters, and they didn't get it done. So um it really is a, a, a you know a missed opportunity. And you, I just I don't know that you can just pin it on one specific play. Um, you know, uh, again, turnovers, they lose the turnover battle once again. So um, yeah, no, I'm just saying Tuesday is going to be the day. Cause you know, the Browns are sitting here trying to figure out if should they make a move or not? And can they make this team better at the trade deadline? Um, your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, well, Sunday was not a good day um, for the, we want Andrew Berry to trade for a veteran quarterback um, because the injuries, I think just totally torpedoed that completely torpedoed that. Um, and so I think that that takes that scenario off the board. I think that they're going to, they're stuck going with PJ Walker. Um, at four and three, it's hard not to say that there's a need. I just don't, I just don't know Andy that a need fixes whatever problems there are. Like if, is there a trade that's going to stop them from turning the ball over at the rate that they're turning it over? Right. Um, right. Yeah, so I, yeah, I I don't envy being in Andrew Barry's shoes right now. He he is in a very very tough spot as he tries to calculate the market of what's available versus what it's going to cost and what he's ultimately able to get on the trade market. He's in a very very tough spot. And again, starting with Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, uh, looks like he has uh, ruptured his. Uh, uh, 
Achilles, uh, and his season is done. Uh, you know, a couple other guys went down. Uh, you know, Kenny Pickett goes down with the the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, uh, Mitch Trubisky comes on. Steelers lost on Sunday. Um, you know, the, uh, Tyrod Taylor got hurt. I mean, it just it was not a good day. Or uh, if you <laughs> if you run the hey Andrew Barry, go get us a veteran quarterback so that PJ Walker doesn't have to you know go out there. But I'm going to give PJ Walker his flowers. I thought he played hard. Um, I, I think that you got 150 percent from that guy on Sunday, and it, it's it's difficult that he had the three turnovers, the interception, the strip sack. Uh, and then obviously the bad luck interception at the very end. I, I, you, you feel for that guy because, and I, I realize they can't pull Butch Davis here. Be like, well, you know, hey, those three turnovers away, and you know, whatever. Everything else was, you know, sunshine and rainbows. But threw for almost two hundred and, and, and fifty yards, and uh, you know, got got it. Was able to get a touchdown to uh, to David Njoku uh, as well. So this is just this. Uh, the theme out of that locker room, I think, is just this is a very, very tough pill for this football team to swallow as they, uh, you know, make their way back to Cleveland. All right. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin for our uh, illustrious producer and outstanding producer, Meredith Kane. Thank you very much. This has been the post-game edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland, and we'll be back with the regular edition tomorrow. Again, the Browns fall to Seattle 24-20.